Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host. I'm Anthony Corbo, and you can give me a follow at CorboAnthony on Twitter. Joining me, as I do each week, I have with me Kyle Maggio, at Kyle Maggio on Twitter, the uh, Chief Vibes Officer over at Whistle Sports. What's going on, Maggio? Uh, You know, same old, same old. What's going on with you? Um, I'm doing all right, and also uh, it wouldn't be a podcast without him. We got Mike Cortez at Cortez Era on Twitter. What's going on, dude? The Knicks are killing me, Ant. They're killing me. Yeah, uh, I uh, so a little uh, backstory in the podcast. It took us three times to get the intro right here, and each time I delivered it with a little bit more energy because it's taken a little bit of build up to even just get on the microphone today. That game was. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it at one point too, Kyle. I've, I, it for such a close game, it just felt like a complete and utter blowout. It was just, it was, it was really a lot to sift through. Yeah, I didn't actually have any problems with how they played tonight. Strangely, um, I know we're all annoyed by the losses, and we're also annoyed that they're coming when uh, the kids aren't even playing. So it, it's a little bit. Uh, you know, it's a little bit frustrating that there's not even a little bit of development being committed to. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like nobody really cares right now. It's it's kind of sad. I mean, I thought they played pretty well, all things considered, tonight. Um, it's the Lakers. Oh. They're a title contender. Like, they're a very good team. Right. There's no shame in losing by eight. Normally, when LeBron comes to MSG, we get blown the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice that... It was actually a game, they were, and they were in it the whole time. They were always at an arm's length, it felt like, but they were in it still. Um, they cut it close a couple of times. You know, Dame Dodson went nuts. So, I mean, it was fine. I mean, to me, well, to me that's a, so if there was a good loss, that would be a good loss, you know. But, it's again, it stinks because, you know, why Why is Kevin Knox barely playing? Why Why are the kids barely playing? That's, that's right. why I feel so, like a bummer. So the Knicks end up going down 100 to 92 to the Lakers. Uh, And yeah, like you said, they're a title contender. Uh, Both these teams have very opposite looking records. Uh, You know, we're playing against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We didn't really expect a win as much as everybody wanted a repeat of the Mario Hazonia game from last year. But, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, Davis puts up 28, LeBron puts up 21. Uh, we had a couple of decent performances from the Knicks. Like, kind of like you were saying, like the Knicks definitely had a couple of moments where they played well. I thought the, especially in the first half, they looked pretty promising. Um, you know, the, the first half was pretty, uh, the first quarter was pretty back and forth, but the Knicks were able to play some really tight, uh, defense and they had the lead for a lot of that second half, uh, that first half and the second quarter. But, you know, they were getting some decent stops. I thought Mitch was really setting a good tone out there, but it's just all of a sudden these third quarters come around and and then, you know, they just lose all intensity. I don't know. 
Is there anything particular that you've like noticed, Mike, about them coming out of halftime going into the third quarter? Nothing really. I just think the starting unit just doesn't work well, especially when Randall or Morris are off. Scoring is just a nosedive. Randall played 35 minutes, 6 for 16, and he was just getting yeah. dominated in any way you can. And he started reverting back to the Randall we saw when Fisdale was here, where he was spinning into defenders, just throwing it away. I mean, Frank, on the other side, Frank was awful too, 0 for 8. He only played 12 minutes, which he deserved this time. Why was Randall still out there for 35 minutes, stinking it yeah. up? He, he wasn't even rebounding. Kyle Kuzma got a rebound off him one play, and he just didn't even move. So I just want to know what the plan is. I think the best way to capture this game, I think Kyle, it was Kyle that tweeted, he's like, Damian Dotson deserves more minutes, we say, for a third year Absolutely. in a row. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just like Groundhog Day. I mean, let me see the, the makedown for the kids. Mitchell Robinson, 24 minutes. Frank, 12. Knox, 10. Dennis Smith three, yeah. Alonzo Trier zero, yeah. Smith, there's no plan. There's no plan. Exactly. Playing under four minutes, I was like, I was really surprised. I was kind of like, uh, I was like, oh wow, they they finally decided to play Dennis Smith. I guess eight shots is enough for Frank. Uh, but yeah, clearly, just, I mean, he wasn't good. I mean, in four minutes, he was a negative. He was a minus nine out there. So like, yeah, he was you know, awful. He was I mean, yeah, he, he looked like he did not belong in the game. And, you know, four minutes tells you all that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, defensively, it was a it was a shit show out there. I mean, LeBron was just taking knocks to town every time he could. Um, you know, I, I mean, like, honestly, when we talk about Frank, like he did have some decent defensive plays. Like in the first half, there were some like really nice opportunities for him, like passing the ball and like just driving inside and being able to try to make things happen from there. Like I did think he was being pretty aggressive. And we saw with the missed dunk and, and uh, former TKW member, Matt Spendley tweeted one day, Frank's actually going to make one of those dunks. And I thought that was pretty uh, spectacular considering <laughs> he's had like five of those opportunities at this point. But yeah, like I was excited at the beginning, but it's just like, he is, I mean, these last couple of games, he's fallen off a cliff. Trier still can't get any minutes. We finally got Dotson some time and stuck with him. And, like, he had to really fight to get 27 minutes in this game. You know, Knox's minutes are way down. We're still watching Bobby Portis take eight shots a night. Like, we're gross. Now, the thing with the fact that Frank has to take eight shots is a bigger problem. That, I agree me. with like, that. He has to take eight shots. Yeah. Like, where the fuck is everybody else? Bullock wasn't, Bullock's still a little rusty. He still hasn't gotten in a groove. There's just no scoring. And I feel like we're just saying the same arguments we've said for the last three years, where it's why are the veterans getting longer leash than the young mm-hmm. kids? Emmett Smith was bad, but he played four minutes. What the hell are you going to do in four minutes? Yeah. Like, he had 13 games. Let him get some run. I know it was a close game, but Rand, like I said, Randall just – he wasn't doing well, anything to help you, and he was out there. So. This is part of my, my issue, too, with parts of development that I think people overlook. It's – you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, well, you know, Mitch plays better off the bench. Mitch plays better off the bench, right? Well, why is that? He's playing a lot of second units. You know, part of development should be, okay, uh, you're dominating the second units. You should probably start trying to see if you could dominate the starting units like we saw him do already for like 30-some-odd games at the end of last year. Like, at some point, you got to graduate him a bit at some point you got to like up the challenge and that's playing against good players it's not just 
shoving Kevin Knox into a game to play the bench unit for 10 minutes and then taking, you know, taking it back out. You know, it's like actually getting meaningful minutes against good players, good matchups. And it's sink or swim time, man. Like guys like Kevin Knox, guys like Frank Nielakina, guys like Dennis Smith Jr. Like they got to, you know, it's put up or shut up time. Not just for their time with the Knicks, like like for their time, you know, their their careers, period. Like you guys got to start showing something to like, you know, Frank has shown he could be useful, but he's very inconsistent. Like Kevin Knox just disappears quite frankly, everywhere, you know, it's, it's a lot of these little things I got to get a grip on. And it's, it's unfortunate that we always end up in these situations with these players, but they also got to be able to play through and adjust and learn. And, you know, like you said, like we've seen Frank be more aggressive, especially this last month or so. I know he's dealing with the groin on and off now, but um, you know, he, even going back to that game in Utah, I mean, he's been more aggressive. His per 36 numbers are really good. And it's like, play him more man just play him big minutes see what happens same thing with Knox like yeah I'm hard on both those guys but how do you how do you know if they're going to play better or worse against better competition or be, you know be able to grow and adjust and improve like how do you know we never get that we never get the answer to that question and that's the problem you know what I mean like yeah. it doesn't even matter how you feel about any of the kids prospects like they they need to play like it's it's frustrating, and then we're gonna do this again. These, win, these guys are gonna player. walk, and then it's the same old. And then again, we're gonna sign short term deals next summer with nobody Strong with nobody player. meaningful, you know. And it's like it, it's just frustrating. Again, what is the plan? Like, is is it the kids? Because I, it doesn't look like it. They don't play. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing like the Knicks have to lose by playing these kids. Like it, it's it's obviously we're at a point where like all of them are struggling a lot more this at this point in this career than any in their careers. than anyone would have really thought they would like Frank and Dennis Smith jr. Are in year three at this point, um, you know, Kevin Knox is at the end is getting towards the end of year two now. Like, but at the same time, when we evaluate them, like, okay, we knew with, with Knox and Frank, like they're very young players. They're not going to come around until at least like, you know, two to three years in, like, that's fine. They should show have shown a little bit more than this. The other side of that is that they haven't, like, they really haven't had the opportunities that, that they really need to, like, to show that. Like, consistent 30 minutes a night without getting yanked in and out of the lineup, you know, it, it, it just hasn't been there for them. And I... I I don't know. They're, at a certain point, you, you just got to get them the minutes that they, whether or not they deserve it, whether or not they, um, you know, whether or not they, they've earned it or not, you just kind of got to put them out there and stop dicking around with all these, you know, all these vets out there who are just kind of eating up space. And, you know, Bobby Portis putting up eight shots a night. Knox is a rhythm shooter, right? So a rhythm shooter needs to be in rhythm. How the hell is he going to get a rhythm if he's playing – He's averaging 17 minutes a game over his last 10, and he hasn't eclipsed 25 minutes in his last five. I don't understand how they want them to develop if he's not playing. It's You can't just randomly throw these guys in there. It's the same problem we had with Frank and Fizdale last year, and now it's happening with Miller and Knox. I just, like I said, I don't see the end game here. Makes very little sense to draft guys to then not play them. Yeah, and then tout it like, yo, we have a young core. It's like, no, we don't. We just have a bunch of 20-year-olds we don't want to play because we signed 30-year-olds. 
so anything else to go to from tonight's game? Uh, you know, obviously Dennis Smith getting a couple of minutes is not good, and he's obviously going to be uh, talked about a couple a little bit more as the coming weeks with the trade deadline coming up. Uh, Alonzo Trier not being able to get off the bench in this one. Um, he is just kind of toiling away down there, um, especially in a game where with you know Smith struggling, Neil Aquino struggling. You know, Peyton played okay, but, like, still had his moments, too. Like, it's just kind of... Do you guys think he's going to get traded? Because it's just kind of crazy to me that he can't get off the bench right now. I hope so. He's... Like I said, this was the perfect game for him to go in there. The Knicks only lost by eight, and they couldn't really score a whole lot. This was the perfect game for Miller to just throw Trier out there and say, hey, create something out of nothing if you can. It couldn't be worse than what Randall was doing out there. I mean, six for 16... Frank was 0 for 8. Yeah. Bullock didn't really add much. I mean, besides Morris and Dotson, it was pretty bare. Portis, yeah, 2 of 8. Morris's minutes even felt a little bit un- invisible out there. Like, really, the only times that I had any real interest in the game tonight felt like it was when the bench was on the floor. Yeah. And, yeah oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just going to say, I just don't get why you wouldn't play Trier. I think everyone is kind of downplaying how good his offense was last year and how efficient he was. Um, not just isolation, but his catch and shoot numbers from deep were really good. They were over 40%. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were 43, 44%. Um, so there's no reason that he shouldn't be playing. And I don't want to hear the defense thing because aside from Frank Nielakina and generally Mitchell Robinson, aside from these last couple of weeks, uh, nobody really plays defense. Marcus Morris, yeah, you know, but these, you I mean, Alfred, Payton, Alfred Payton is, is not giving you defense from that guard position. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. is not giving you it this season. And know, they're very just, much checked out on defense, too. Yeah. Like, got, like, especially the veteran players, you can see they are not attempting defense whatsoever either. Like, these guys do not care about that end of the floor, right? Yeah, Peyton does this thing where he closes out, but he doesn't close out. Like, he'll yeah, run up to yeah. the shooter and just not put his hand up. It's the most infuriating Peyton's thing. probably the world. worst defender of it all, to be honest. Like, But even even Dennis Smith, man, like, he had a couple of te- – like, in his couple of minutes, tonight, there was, like, at least two shots I saw him, like, being laid on and just kind of, like, defecting off of him. Like, I kind of get it with him because he hasn't played in so long and he's kind of getting back in, but, like, for a guy who's like the starting point guard to be doing that, it's just that dude is he's pretty checked out to me at this point. Um, but I mean, that kind of like that kind of leads us over to what we were going to talk about next is, is so our, our our own guy, Eli Cohen, uh, writer over at the next wall, wrote a piece uh, saying the Knicks aren't doing their youth any favors is the headline here. And, you know, it's everything we're talking about and it's everything that's true. Um, you know, you have these guys who just like have aren't getting any games for the team right now or, or, you know, they're just you have you have all these draft picks that you've invested time and money into. You have all these tanking seasons that like the Knicks have, you know, gone that they've gone through and they keep on like being rewarded at the end. But then they get the reward and they don't play it or it's not as pretty as they think it's going to be. So they, you know bury it somewhere on the roster and everything like that. It's just, you know, it, it's not, I'm, I'm just really struggling to see what their game plan is here. And you can even see it with, with some of these other guys where, you know, the amount of games that they're playing is fine, but like you have guys like Julius Randall playing 32 minutes a game. You have guys like, you know, Bobby Portis is up around the 20 is over the 20 minute mark. 
Meanwhile, you have guys like Kevin Knox at you know below it. You have Damian Dotson below it. You have Dennis Smith below it. You have Trier below it. And then like you know we talk about Brett Davis or Allen. Like those are other guys you can be playing too, but they're not like you know other than R.J. Barrett, other than Frank Nielakina, like you really don't have any prospects playing over 20 minutes a night right now. And that's a really tough thing for the Knicks to be dealing with. That's a really tough way to run a team right now. Yeah. And just real quick from Eli's piece, this is just to give everyone a scope. Mitchell Robinson has hit the 30 minute mark in one of his last 25 games, despite lowering his foul average to 3.4. Frank Nielakina has played 25 or more minutes once in his last 21 games. Kevin Knox has hit 25 minutes twice in his last 31. Alonzo Trier has played less than half the games, and out of the 20 games he has played in, he's locked fewer than 10 minutes. You got to be and kidding. Part of, and another thing that I don't, I don't want us to like gloss over is like this also to me counts with being bad culture as an organization. Like you're bringing these young kids up. You're drafting them. You know, you, you want them on your team. That's the whole point of the draft pick. And then you don't play them or you don't help them develop or optimize them the way that they need to be. Almost every single time, because we never sign them again. They never make it to that second contract. Like, yeah, I mean, technically Tim Hardaway Jr. came No, but home, that doesn't basically. count. He went somewhere it does, else. It, it, yes, it, it, does, it does not count. But I'm saying, like, technically, if we're going to look at anyone that possibly could have been. But we never, like, to me, like, why would you want to come here then? All these players were, dra- I know RJ said, it, you know, yeah, he wants to be on my neck. I know he was excited about it. But think about all these other players. Like, that if we, whoever, if we draft- get drafted, dude. Like, like that. Yeah. But uh, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, cool. I'm going to the Knicks where I'm going to play 15 minutes a night for the next two years and not really get a chance to do my thing or, you know, get, take on more opportunity. Like, that. that's not fun going into it. That's not fun. I mean, RJ, I think, is a little bit different because we don't pick that high generally. But sure. all these other picks that we're picking that mid to late lineup, like, how do you think they want to be here? And then what happens? They come here for two years. They Even if they don't perform well, right, they're going to leave. And they're going to be like, well, I mean, you think they're going to have good things to say that they couldn't even get a, a, a big opportunity to play? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that, that all matters. Like, that, that goes into it. Like, people talk. Yeah. Players talk. Like, yeah, if you're going to be why, a rebuilding you know? team like the Knicks are trying to be right now, like you that you have to play the young players in order to be that. Like you have to be a team that like when players are on the are needing to rehabilitate their image or their game a little bit and you know be able to make the next step in their careers. And they're going to go somewhere like the Knicks that like might not win a lot of games, but they're building something that's interesting and have a lot of players who are going to be, you know, staples in the league within the next couple of years. Like. You know, you need to make sure that those players are getting run. And when you're running an organization that prioritizes stopgap veteran players for over your, you know, as or over your young talent that you've worked really hard and sacrificed a lot to try to attain, you know, it, it, it doesn't it just really doesn't paint the proper picture, like you're saying. So uh, not not to change the subject too abruptly, but um Per Ian Begley right now on SNY, some within the Knicks organization see Malik Monk as a potential trade target. Wow. Yeah. Let's get them all, man. 
Let's get that whole class yes, in here. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm yes. as always with our shitty, stinky team. I'm open to any young yeah. player. No, let's keep on um, taking swings at the 27. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean right, one get, of these times, right? I mean, one of these times we're gonna hit. All right, if they get Malik Monk, please, for the love of fucking God, just develop him as a six man. That's that's what he has to do. Don't try and turn him into a point guard. Don't try and turn him into your starting shooting guard. Tim Hardaway Jr. 2.0. That's your six man if you can get him. Try and create that because you already well, screwed up. What do you think the deal would look like then? Because that's that's the Hornets. So what would the Hornets be looking for? Uh, maybe maybe Dennis. I mean, if Dennis's value plummets that much, what can the Wolves really give us back in return? That's the only other team I could see wanting Dennis. Hmm. Like I think Devonte and Dennis theoretically works. I guess they weren't on him, but like. At the same time, he's from Carolina, like the whole. Yeah, at the same time, though, want, you think maybe they'd want like a Marcus Morris? You think maybe that's uh, how close are they? Let me take a like, look. Maybe, like, maybe they're trying, so maybe they're trying to win. If they're trying to win, yeah, I mean, I would trade more. I mean, I mean, I, what else are they really? Got? Yeah, they're in the eleventh spot. They're, they're they could make the playoffs, which is bananas. Well, well, I mean, maybe what's this maybe. roster looking like? What would they need? Like, they just shoot a lot of threes, so I think that's what I'm saying. Like, if you put Dennis there, he can't shoot, obviously. But Mook would. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mook would be Mook would probably be a better fit, but there, I do see a way that Dennis they would take Dennis. You like Monk and uh, Marvin Williams for like Smith and Morris. I would eat Batum's contract too if they just want to do that as well. I wouldn't mind Batum because he's not even that good anymore, but at least he's a. Smartish basketball player. Yeah. Do we I mean, get? Do you think the Knicks get a pick for taking on Batum? No, I think Monk would probably be the asset attached. I don't think sure. they would do Monk and another pick. Plus, so I think we have a second round pick too already. What, what, what do you think that the Knicks would? Uh, if they're going to take on Batum, do you think that they would still have to send Morris down in that, or you think you could drop someone like uh, Portis or a? Uh, I would hope Portis. I would still want to yeah. put Morris on a bigger on a separate deal. I still think he'd get a first round pick. Yeah, I, I kind of. I'd rather not package him as well. I agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, the way this draft's shaping up, it looks like a complete mixed bag. Like, there's no consensus one. At this point, which is pretty scary. So, if you have Morris, I want the ability to take two guys, or the ability to go get the one guy they end up falling in love with. So, I just think Morris for a pick or anyone for a pick should be pretty valued. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's a couple of scenarios that the uh, the Knicks would find themselves getting into. Um, I know that. Yeah, the 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 Hornets one's interesting to me. I just wonder what they would need about, um, you know, whether they would want to take on Dennis Smith or not. I know that, like, is there anything with Minnesota like that that, that they could try to put together? I mean, they've had interest in Dennis Smith for a while. Do you think that still stands, or you think they're kind of moved on from him at this point? No, I think they still be interested. Um, I don't know about Dennis Smith Jr. per se, but I mean, they're definitely going to be in the market for a point guard. They're definitely frustrated with that situation, from what I could tell. Um, that's not me pretending to have inside information. That is just they signed Jeff Teague because they thought he would help be a Band-Aid until they figured something out. And uh, he stunk. He was terrible. Um, just really awful for them. 
and they moved him. And, you know, Wiggins is back to handling the ball a little bit more. And they, they need another guard. Like tonight, I, I watched Cat visibly getting upset with Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, because Cat came up to set the screen. Wiggins went too early before Cat even set the screen, dribbled into three defenders, lost the ball. Cat threw his arms up. Wiggins is laying on the floor. It was a mess. Like, Were they even starting at the one right now, Culver? I was just looking at their roster. I, I mean, Napier maybe? That's yeah, it's, disgusting. Uh, they have, they have uh, Napier and uh, Jordan McLaughlin are their point guards on the roster right now. I guess well, maybe, have, uh, maybe Culver if you want to consider that. But like, They have noted point forward Noah Vonley. Maybe he could do something uh, There you go. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like, they like... But at the same time, a team like that, it, it's, I have a hard time believing that a team like that is going to want is going to think that Dennis Smith Jr. is ready to step in and be a backup I mean, point guard for them, or even a starting point guard for them. You know, compared to what they have, though, it's Dennis Smith is way better than Dennis any Smith guard couldn't stay on the floor for four minutes tonight. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that's how I, bad it is. Yeah, I'm I'm still holding out hope that I I I think there's a good plan there. I mean, no, I do first, too, but damn, dude, it, not this it, it, year. It, there's it, not look, not this year. It's been really bad this year, but. I, I feel confident in what I saw the first couple of years in terms of at least being a passable playmaking guard that can get to the rim like a like a really shitty version of Derrick Rose, you know, like like a bare minimum version of that. And like like the good Derrick Rose. And it's like I don't know. I, I feel like that's there if you just give him the space and opportunity to like you like when he came to New York last year, after he hurt his back, you know, the jumper wasn't there, but he still knew like, all right, I'm going to play 35, 36 minutes a game. Like I'm just running, running, running like whole game. He's like attacking for the most part, like playmaking. He's like throwing dimes cross court. Like he's got to be able to play. I'm not saying that's the only issue because he stunk this year too. But I think if he goes to like a new situation and they kind of like go, look, man, you're going to be back to playing like X amount of minutes. Like you got to get your shit together. I think then is when we'll see what I think he's supposed to be. But so let's go in on this a little bit because I want to know what of of the prospects of the players that the Knicks have on their roster who you would consider to be prospects. Who would you consider moving at this trade deadline at this point? Are there any players on the roster right now? I should say because this is where I feel like a lot of people are with Dennis Smith, where. You just feel like the best move would be to capture what value you can from them right now and move along. Um, is there anybody, do you guys agree with the Dennis Smith sentiment at that point? And is there anybody else on the roster who you would see being in the similar position? Yeah, I'd completely. Move, yeah, I'd, move, I'd move almost anyone except RJ or Mitch. I'm open to anything. Well, real, really. Realistically, what do you think? Like, let's let's go player by player here for a minute. Then let's start with the let's start with one of the big guns. Let's start with Kevin Knox here. Uh, if 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 the Knicks were to move Kevin Knox this offseason, and you know, regardless of the circumstance that it would take for them to get to a position, I feel like the Knicks would be rather stubborn about Knox. But um, if the Knicks were to move Knox this offseason, you would want that to command what return? I wouldn't. I would keep him. I really don't see anything of value that they can get at this point. Okay. Unless somebody comes way over the top, I don't see anybody taking a risk on him. So I would just try and build his value up best you can. Perfectly fair. It's just I don't know. I mean, Kyle, am I wrong? I just think his value no, just stinks. No, I mean it's it. It does stink, and yeah. uh, 
it's just the pro- the problem is though like with what mike's saying because he's correct too is that you know yeah i mean you're not going to get much for him now but i feel like we had the same convo with like frank neil king last year and it was like oh at least just keep him you know well, you, you're not, not going to get anything for him and then hopefully he'll he'll get his trade value up and then you could try to trade him again and not that that's the wrong approach but it's like and then Frank comes back for year three and looks exactly the same again. And well, let's like, talk about Frank Nielkin in year three. Is, are you ready to move him? I've been ready. I, look, I, I don't want to make it sound like I wanted Frank gone, but I mean, yeah, if, if somebody, I think people have seen enough to know that he's a good defender and will be a good defender in this league. I think that's evident. I think everyone with eyeballs who's watched him for multiple games knows that. Um, but the concerns are you can't really play guards like that big minutes when they have zero offensive ability. And, you know, he doesn't show that nearly enough. So I, I would move him because I think there's a team that might be willing to gamble on him as a defender at this point, where maybe last year they weren't sold. No, they're not going to get a first, but maybe, but see, that's my point here. So you have all these guys on the roster who, kind of at the low point of their value. They're not going to see, and they're not going to get really much in return unless you package like three or more of them together, along with a player like Marcus Morris to get, you know, it's up, uh, you know, a higher quality player. Like these guys aren't on their own. They're not going to net you very much value. So there's no reason not to be playing them right now to try to bring as much value you can to their, to your roster. Like there's no, there's no, either you're going to get wins out of it you're going to lose hard enough that you're going to be able to secure a better draft position. Like at this point, what's it matter? Uh, you might as well just keep on going for it and make this another tank season, or you're going to be able to get their value high enough that once the summer comes around, you know, you're going to be able to actually, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they'll develop enough where they actually look worthy of keeping, or maybe you'll be able to actually fetch one of those uh, first round picks for them. But at the time right now, like, you know, these guys being having essentially zero value does you no favors either on the court or on the market. Yeah, Frank, I don't know. I mean, they were shipping him for second round picks during the draft. I still I still would keep him just for the reasons you guys said where he might not net where it's worth the payoff. I think Dennis Smith and Alonzo are probably the only ones that are going to get something that the Knicks can use this summer. But I, like like game with Knox, maybe like if like Lori Markinen, like the Bulls are starting to not fall out of love with Lori Markinen, maybe you include Knox in a deal with Morris or something else. Maybe they can be in a deal. Yeah, like that. Brian Gaberman brought up one that was something like I think it was Dennis Smith, um, Bobby Portis, and uh, someone else for uh, Otto Porter and Lori Markinen. Which would be great, but I think the Knicks would have to give up at least like one of those Dallas picks, which I wouldn't be super opposed to. Like I like both of those guys as options for the team moving forward. Uh, well, I thought that too, but he, Brian pointed out, made a good point. He said Auto Porter's contract's pretty gross, so yeah. that alone is it's not super long though. Out. How I'm trying to look it up real quick. Isn't it for like three more years at least? I don't think it's for if three it's more like years. More. Yeah. I think is it I, I, for two maybe or is is it for three? I don't know. He's one more year. Well, he has a player option. So two more years at twenty eight mil a year though. That's that's pretty hefty. Because I I don't want to put a damper on this conversation, but I would just like to bring. Year. The I'm ones. good. I'm good with that for next year. 
What are you saying, Maggio? I would like to bring it to everyone's attention, uh, fans of the Knicks and otherwise, uh, fans of just basketball in general. Uh, I'm currently watching the New Orleans Pelicans, and Zion Williamson is going absolutely bananas in the fourth quarter right now. He just scored 13 straight points in the fourth quarter. I just glanced, and it said four for four from three. Yes. Wow. Oh, man. Um, yeah, he, he's literally just, he, pulling up. Like, right. Yeah, I'm going to rewind that and then pause the, the, the show. The show is happening. Yeah, this is a great time not to uh, have ESPN available to me right now. I'm real stoked about that. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, Kevin Knox had played 11 minutes and made one shot. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to let you guys go enjoy that for now, um, and I'll watch all the highlights tomorrow. Uh, for the time being, uh, let's do a little bit of plug in here. Are we still uh, are we still donating to Hurricane or, or to uh, no, sorry the earthquake, yeah. earthquake yes. relief in Puerto Rico? Or are we has that ended? No, definitely. I think definitely we ended. have an, I think we have a new design cool. coming soon. All the so. links are still in the episode definitely. bio. Uh, you know, still plenty of time to do that. Uh, you know, if you haven't yet, still, still plenty of time, still the perfect time to do it. You know, all the hell matters. So, uh, continue supporting them in Puerto Rico. Uh, appreciate you supporting us. Go, uh, give us a follow at the next wall at TKW podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, all those places, check out blue wire podcasts and all the great podcasts on our network. Um, and yeah, I uh, will be back at some point next week. I think we're. Uh, I'm going to be at the game next Wednesday, so we won't be recording that that night. But um, yeah, we are. Uh, who are we playing in the next couple of days? We got uh, Raptors on Friday, uh, and Nets Raptors. on Sunday, and then the Grizz. Oh, we got Hornets before, before the them. We got Hornets. We got yeah, Hornets four games up. in the next week, so plenty of. Uh, Plenty of time for the Knicks to turn this around and make the next uh, couple of episodes a little bit sunnier. So uh, trade deadlines on February 6th, and we have uh, a lot coming up until then. So uh, everybody stay tuned, buckle in. I think things are about to get interesting. 